Well, you only live once, maybe not And this life right now might be all we've got So let's contemplate the hereafter While we speculate with some laughter About this grim thing that happens to us all After that final curtain call But before you take that final breath Let's laugh about, let's laugh about Welcome to Let's Laugh About Death, the dramedy podcast that celebrates life while contemplating the inevitable. I'm your host, Tim Rooney, and, well, last time on the last episode, I was talking about how I had gotten a text message from my sister about my mom being in that hospice final care program, and uh, that was last Saturday. And sure enough, Wednesday around midnight, I got a phone call from my sister, and I was like, fuck, I knew exactly what was happening. And she's like, yep, you know what this call's about? I said, yes, I do. And, I mean, it was a kick in the gut, but to be honest with you, I'm happy for my mom. I really am. And we were all prepared. You know, I've got a friend who lost his mom suddenly, and that had to have been horrible. And this was not easy, don't get me wrong. Losing a loved one or a close, you know, friend or uh, uh, anybody that's important to you is never easy. But being able to prepare for it, did help. It took the edge off. And I'm happy because she's no longer in hell. You know, uh, she's, she had been suffering with, I guess really it was just a form of dementia. Uh, it got to the point where she didn't know what day it was, like I'd mentioned. Um, you know, and part of me, of course, the, the geek in me had this whole theory. It's like, you know, she keeps thinking it's 1960 and then she keeps thinking she's only, you know, in her 50s herself, 50s or 60s. In fact, my other sister said that uh, there was one time she went to go visit her and she asked my mom, who was 82, she goes, how old do you think you are? And she goes, 55. My sister goes, that's that's impossible, mom. I'm 60. (laughs) My mom was mortified. You know, she showed her her a picture of all of us uh, when we met up at my brother's, um, uh, I guess, fundraiser thing uh, when we found out that he had cancer. And it was all seven of us there. It was the first time in 20-some years that we'd all been together last time. Uh, that happened, too, of course. And uh, and she said that she showed her a picture, and she, like, winced. Like, these can't possibly be my kids. So I have this almost geek-type theory that, you know, maybe, she's, maybe she was, like, slipping into different time portals or something, you know, thinking that she was back in the 60s and, and she was – you know, a kid again. And at one time she thought my 14 year old son was married, you know, so who knows? I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I like to sit there and think, you know, maybe that's what, maybe that's what she was dealing with. But I will say this, you know, as I mentioned before, I suffer from seizures. And when I come out of seizures for about 20 minutes, I am conscious, but I couldn't tell you what my name is. Literally. I can't, my wife will keep me awake. Uh, Cause they usually happen when I'm sleeping. Um, she'll wake me up. She'll keep me awake and, you know, and she'll just make sure that I come to completely before I go back to bed. And I, I, I remember it all, but I don't know what I'm saying. You know, I, and I've, I've taken the, this last time I took a, a selfie of myself. Um, cause I had like some mark on my face and I went back and looked at it a couple days later and yeah, I don't even look like I'm there, but, uh, somehow I knew to operate the phone. It's, it's weird, but she asked me what my name is and, and I told her sandwich, you know? So that is probably a taste of what my mom was living with for the last few years. 
And that's, that's frustrating as hell. It's really frustrating when I'm sitting there trying to, you know, talk to somebody and, and I can't, and I know, I know the person, I know my wife, but I don't know her name. And my mom, you know, she would just, whatever name came to her mind, one of her random kids, you know, we made a joke how, you know, we were all Brian. That's one of my, one of my older brothers. Um, and, uh, it was like, you know, like an I'm Spartacus kind of thing. We made a joke at my brother Pat's uh, gathering, you know, that we were all Brian. Um, you know, and it's, it's you got to make light of it, you know. And my mom, she would even laugh when she didn't know what was going on entirely, you know. But she still had a good sense of humor about that. But, um, you know, and the one thing we never did was tell her that my brother had died. And the main reason was because we didn't want her to relive it every time. You know, she, she didn't remember, remember that my dad is, you know, dead and he died in 1983. She didn't remember her, her parents themselves were dead. And, uh, you know, so for her to have to hear her son is dead would be torture. And so we chose not to tell her. And, you know, and the good news is, is now she knows, you know, and I can, I can hear her, you know, saying, you know, Patrick, Michael, what are you doing here? Kind of thing, you know, and that's that, that would be my mom. She used to always, whenever he got in trouble, you know, it's that middle name. It's the power of that middle name. You know, we call our son out for, uh, 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 to, to, to come brush his teeth or whatever. And you say, Aiden, he doesn't hear you. You say Aiden, Patrick, sure enough, he hears it. So, um, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is it's nice because now I like to think that she's with my dad and she's with my brother. And now she's got the answer on where he's been these last couple of years. And, uh, you know, and wherever that might be, you know, whether it's again with source energy or whether it's with, you know, in some form of heaven. And again, that is the core of what this whole podcast is about is what happens. And now I'm a little bit envious because she knows, you know, and I'm not saying I want to find out anytime soon, but I'm happy for her because she's got that big answer. She knows now where we go because I know we don't just stop. We can't. That, that, that would be pointless for us to just stop when we're done. You know, there's got to be some kind of reason. You know, there's so much almost scientific level uh, uh, intermixing between everything. You've got bees that they go and they pollinate the flowers and the flowers and they go and they create oxygen. You know, it's just there's too much interaction there for it to just be pointless. You know, and again, if we're just a big experiment, if we're living in a matrix, whatever, there's got to be something afterwards. Um, you know, there's got to be some kind of way you go back to the big computer. Who knows? But, um, um, you know, and that's the other thing that I've brought up several times before, too, is the fact that she doesn't miss me. She doesn't miss any of my siblings. She doesn't miss anybody because time doesn't exist. We're all there already as far as she's concerned because it's that whole getting on that quantum, you know, super positioning type of thing where, you know, you're in multiple places at once. If you if you think of it in those terms, we're already there. So, you know, it, it's it kind of gives me a little bit of peace of mind. But, um, you know, and I had a friend uh, the other day. Uh, I waited a couple of days and then I made the announcement to friends uh, just because I figured, you know what, in case it comes up in conversation, they know what's going on. And uh, my friend John Carr, he was like, you know, what was your favorite food of hers? And I got to say, I knew right away. It was when she made tacos. For whatever reason... And it wasn't anything special. She didn't have any secret family recipe, but however she made them, they tasted awesome to me. And uh, and I will say this, if you're ever, and this isn't a plug for these guys because they don't even know I exist, but I remember one time when I was working, I used to work downtown Saginaw, and there was a place called Ramon's Taco Hut. If you're ever curious what Tim Rooney's mom's tacos tasted like, go there. 
they tasted identical. It blew me away. I was like, holy shit, how did I never know about this place? And I only ate there a couple times, so maybe the recipes changed. That was 10 years ago at least. But uh, yeah, that was. Uh, it's on Washington and Saginaw, Michigan. It's a little hole in the wall, but it's got great food. So just a little piece of advice if you're curious, you know, because that could be on your bucket list to see what uh, what Taco Tuesday was like at the Rooney household. But um, yeah, you know, and, and one thing I like to say is, I'm taking advantage of my bereavement period from work and I'm looking at it. And I even told my boss, I'm like, I'm looking at it as a final gift for my mom, you know, getting a vacation, helping save my sanity. And so, cause you know, with quarantine and, and, and without being able to really go anywhere and not really have anything to look forward to. And I haven't had a real vacation in a couple of years. It's like, almost like my mom was like, you know, I could hear her just saying, just take it. You got it. The time is yours. You're, you're, you're allowed that time. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking it. So I, uh, I'm taking off the next few days. I took off Thursday and Friday and I'm going to take off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's going to be a nice break. And I think it's, it's what I needed. So thanks mom. Um, and I told her that I already thanked her a couple times. So as for the episode, my guest today is Matana Jacobs. And we had, and I always say this, we had a great conversation but, um, you know, she, she, she gave me a lot of cool insight, uh, just different little things that we talked about. It was a very, you know, fun conversation. Um, you know, a little bit about her. She was born in Peoria, Illinois, but grew up in Israel. And she's back here in the States now. But um, she has a, a very, it was a very excellent insight into Jewish beliefs on the whole afterlife and everything. Um you know, and she, in fact, she herself is a host of uh, a podcast called Hope for Recharge, or sorry, Hope to Recharge uh, with Matana. And it focuses on helping and being a support system for people that are struggling with depression and anxiety. In fact, I noticed the last episode was uh, somebody who had lost a husband and coping with that. So um, I definitely recommend checking that out. So this episode, we had a couple hiccups. Uh, my phone was acting up. Uh, I'm going to blame it entirely on my phone because we kept losing connection, but she was very patient, very cool. And uh, so there's going to be a couple hiccups on this. I'm going to try my best to to not make it be too noticeable. But uh, yeah, we probably lost our signal like three times. But, um, you know, overall, it was a very, uh, very great conversation. So I enjoyed talking with her and uh, I recommend uh, checking out her website, especially if you know anybody who needs a support system. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of along the lines of, uh, my friend Chris's podcast, coffee over suicide. Uh, this is more from what I, from what I gather of it, it's, it's more of a direct support system, giving people advice on how to handle that side of things. So, um, I definitely recommend checking that out, but, uh, here's my episode with Matana Jacobs and enjoy. So yeah, my name is Matana Jacobs. Um, I grew up in Israel. I was actually born in Peoria, Illinois. I oh, okay. come from a yeah. I come from an ultra orthodox fam- Jewish family. Uh, my parents moved to Israel when I was two, and they were very idealistic to be in the Jewish country. Uh, my father had to leave everything. He had a PhD in education, and he was a principal in the. Jewish day school there and he moved to Israel to sell pots and pans from door to door. 
It wow. was a big yeah, talk about change and adjustment. <laughs> and, and But he was so driven. They, I should say, my parents were so driven to do the right thing for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, at the time, I was one of three. I was the third one. I have two older sisters. And then um, we grew up in Jerusalem my whole life. I My family is the most amazing family <laughs> literally amazing supportive loving that, kind that's awesome yeah um and when i when i got married when i was 26 i moved back to america i, ma- I married a guy from queens his name is ari we have five children and we love to travel and move around so we lived in israel for a year we lived in um, New York, we lived in Long Island, we lived in Florida. We we make the <laughs> we literally make the rounds. <laughs> um, and actually now we're recording from Florida because the day we got the news that the schools are shutting down due to Corona, we said, let's go. We happen to have a house in Florida. Oh, nice. And that's part of my mental illness story. Um, and we moved to, we've decided that we'll come here for a few months just to keep more safe because New York was going to, we knew oh. New York is going to get hit hard. Yeah. And it was the best decision I, we made. And I'm so grateful. I'm really so grateful. Yeah. That's, you picked a good time for that because New York is like a war zone right now. Yes. 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 But, um, so, uh, so what do you like? You'd mentioned that you did uh, earlier. We, for those listening, we had a little bit of a conversation beforehand. Um, you'd mentioned that you do like coaching and things like that. What kind of what kind of subjects do you coach? So I said that I when I was hit with mental illness, we moved to Florida. So when I went after I had my third child, um, he was two and a half years old. Actually, this week when recording, it's not going to be released the same time, but exactly this week, there's a Jewish holiday called Shavuot. It's it's the holiday that we received the Bible. Mm. And on that holiday, I was hospitalized for my first mental illness episode. Um, and it was 10 years ago. I'm celebrating 10 years from my first mental health crash. And I knew nothing about mental illness really nothing before besides the fact that I had a family member, not of my immediate family, but somebody in our family that had some kind of mental illness, but I didn't know much about it. Really, I didn't know much about it. And I went from a happy-go-lucky person that loved life, traveled the world. I literally traveled the world. Before I got married, I was in a very high position in um, software company in Israel, the number one software company in Israel. Wow. And yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was doing really well and I traveled the world. I lived in China for, I lived in Hong Kong when I was 18. I went to Africa. I went to Thailand. I went to, um, Australia for, for the Olympics, everywhere in Europe. I was, I, I just loved life. And that's all I wanted to do is live big. Now, P.S., the reason why I lived big was because when I was little, we were so poor. There was no going anywhere. My parents never owned a car in their life, still don't. 
Yeah. Um, when we first moved to Israel, it took them, I think, eight years till they got a landline in their house. <laughs> yeah. Holy yeah. cow. They, they had to go like to a local center to make phone calls. Um, my parents, when they first moved to Israel, they were so poor that my mother used to say, I bought a half a loaf of bread. This has to last for the week. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was all subsidized in Israel. Like you could buy a loaf of bread for like a, a nickel. Like it was, it, they really lived in poverty, but they lived in poverty, not because they didn't have, they were saving up to buy a house. And they knew that if they spend the money on living, they won't be able to buy a house. So they were very calculated and their whole life they were calculated. So living in such, um, I, I would say I never, I never had my own shoes. I always took my sister's shoes. I always took hand-me-downs from cousins that sent clothes from America. We never had the luxury to go to a store and buy my own something. Never. Wow. So when I started babysitting when I was 12 or 14, I started making money. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, and I always wanted to do big. I always wanted to travel. I wanted to see, I wanted to experience and um, I started saving up. And by the time I was 18, I was, I, I sent myself to camp when I was in America. In Israel, there was no camp. There's no sleepaway camp in Israel. There's no, the, 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 max, the, the max camp is like for 10 days. The, the summer is for 10 weeks and for 10 days you have a day camp. That's it. Gotcha. And then the rest of the time you're listening to tape recorders or whatever like that. That We didn't even have a TV because it was not even a thing. You don't have TV. So anyway, so I just wanted to experience and I started really working hard and I wanted to live big. So when mental illness came my way, I did not know anything about it. It was such a rude awakening of like, wait, what's happening to me? Yeah. And it was, it was a huge downfall. So when I, and I started my recovery journey and my whole podcast is about my recovery and, and, and the journey of recovery and, and what it takes to, to, to recover. And one, I remember I was really suicidal one night after many years of trying to recover and trying everything. I tried everything. And I remember that I was really struggling with God. I was really struggling. Now I come from a very orthodox family that it's all about God. And I'm like, God, if you exist, because I don't really feel that you exist right now, if you exist, you're the only thing that's left that can heal me. That's it. I, I There's nothing else I could, I could try. And the depths of pain was hell. It was just hell. And, and I remember sitting at my window in my room looking at a tree. And I still see that tree every day. And it's my reminder. And for some reason, I caught my eye. And, um, and I started talking to the tree and I said, if you exist, I can continue existing. And if I do heal, if I do heal, I will forever pay it forward, forever. And I will spread the awareness that we can heal from mental illness and we can have a life during mental illness. And, it, and there's different shapes to mental illness. And, and that was like the turning point. And I really started getting better with different things. It wasn't like a miracle overnight, mm -hmm. but I started getting more awareness about patterns in my life and stuff like that. And if it was yoga, medication, medication, a million things that I was trying, the cocktail, I call it the cocktail. Mm -hmm. The cocktail started taking over and 
when I really healed and I had two more babies, no medication, and I got back to myself, I said, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. I started a business first of all, and then I started a podcast to break the stigma. And part of my coaching, I'm getting to my my answer. I'm sorry to miss no, 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 this is, this I'm is sorry. Great. I'm sorry. I'm it's people say that I'm a very good storyteller. But uh, <laughs> I, as you notice, I'm looking at the timeline and I'm like, I think I've said two little peeps the whole time. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it's great. I'm like engulfed. <laughs> <laughs> so um so I realized that a lot of people go through therapy and healers but they want to speak to somebody that went through it. Absolutely. Not a therapist. Absolutely. Besides yeah. a therapist, but yeah, yeah. tell me what you did when you when the darkness was so strong. What did you do to hold on to hope? What did you do to break the stigma? What did you do when when you wanted to kill yourself? What did you do? And that's what I work with people. Um, I, I'm not a therapist. I'm an experienced. <laughs> I have the yeah, I have the experience and I speak to a lot of people and I see that there's certain patterns. There's mm -hmm. just a certain pattern and um and that's my passion. My passion is to tell people you can do it just one step at a time. Yeah. One step at a time and believe in yourself. That's that's wild. That's you know and you hit you hit it right on the nose is there's a there's an analogy that uh, I've heard where people, you know, like let's say for with with a doctor, you know, you've got a pain in your leg and you go to the doctor and the doctor prescribes medication and it just kind of, you know, well, we'll try this, we'll try this, try this. And then let's say you're walking and you run into somebody and they're able to tell you exactly the pain that you have. And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I had that same pain. And when you walk and it does this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it does mm -hmm. this little thing. You're going to listen to that person more than the doctor who's yes. just throwing out answers. Right. Yeah. That's the difference between empathy and sympathy. It, totally. Some, yeah. Someone that didn't go through it will never understand what it's like. And they will never be able to come into your space to guide you or to hold space for your pain like somebody that didn't go through it and it's not Entirely. because they're it's not because they they're just it's just the fact yeah it's just the fact of the matter and and so you know i'm not trying to downplay therapists or anything like that absolutely yeah, not yeah. they saved me they yeah. saved me because part of the illness is is not understanding what's going on and they break it down in a medical kind of way and they mm -hmm. they explain to you what's happening in your brain and and they and they give you hope but they don't get they don't come down to your level of empathy that you need. Yeah, yeah. And if you've got somebody who is able to basically they they can speak from experience, you know, and yeah. that's yeah, that's very important. Yeah. I think that's actually awesome because what you have would coincide very well with that kind of traditional therapist type of but it's it's and it's not just a support group. You know, right. you're actually, right. yeah, you're coaching that. I think that is fantastic. But I'm coaching on their level. On I'm their trying level, to explain yeah. to them, don't look at anybody else and say, tell me exactly the recipe that worked for you. And I'm trying to explain to them what worked for one will not work necessarily for you. Probably won't work for you at, at all unless you tweak it to you, what, what you are made of, what's your history, what brought you to this place, what's your, what's your health, your physical health body, what are your relationships, what are your boundaries, where do you live, 
Totally. What do you do in life? All these things make up our mental illness. Yeah, that's it's exactly true. Because it's nobody is cookie cutter. You no. Know? Yeah. No, 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 exactly. And when somebody could say, okay, fine, let's figure out what will work for you with your schedule, with your fears, with your passions, with your ability. Maybe you can't even get out of bed and that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. I speak to so many people that say I run five miles a, a day to get rid of my depression and anxiety. I'm like, I couldn't even get into the shower. Yeah. That's I've got friends that have that same thing. And I personally can't understand it. And, and it, where where they are like, I've I've been laying in bed for four days. And it's like, I can't I can't imagine, you know, because I, I I have moments, but I would never I would never consider myself to where I, I was anything, you know, quote unquote clinical to the point where, you know, and I have thought about seeing a therapist for some issues. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's quite frankly, having the podcast has been has been great. It's it's lifted my spirits. It's only I've been only oh been doing it for gosh, a while. It's, but it's awesome. It's it's like therapy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because I've talked to a vast number of I mean, I, I shouldn't say a vast. I've had you know maybe a dozen interviews so far, but I got more coming and everybody's different. And everybody's unique. And and the concept of this podcast of, you know, what do you think happens when we die I get right. so many different answers and it's so, you know, it's, it's just, it's interesting because it's one of those things that it, no one really knows until it happens, you know? And then, and then they don't really come and tell us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, being a, I, I mentioned off, off, uh, 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 off the interview, I did the ghost hunting. I mean, there's there's some speculation there. We saw a lot. No, of that's crazy. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's speculation, and each religion and each culture says what they believe is right. Yes, exactly. But how, go prove it. There's go yeah, prove it. There's no way to fully prove. I mean, I've seen some right. crazy shit. You know, <laughs> you right. can swear on this, 100%. by the way, if you want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, but it's 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 one of those things where it's like, it, and and I say that that's kind of like the big. Uh, I don't want to say punchline, but it's almost kind of like that's the big irony of of life is it's like you don't know what happens until you're already there. Right. You know, right. And that's what's and you fascinating. Gotta, and you've you got to hope that it's really beautiful. Yes. And and, and I, I personally believe that there is something more. You know, I don't mm -hmm. know what exactly it is. You know, I, I myself grew up Irish Catholic. So, you mm -hmm. know, right. um, and uh, I'm not practicing anymore, but I, uh, uh, I, so, you know, we had a, uh, uh, you know, that, that, the, the concept of, of a heaven and hell and everything like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Um, what, so what exactly you mentioned you're like very, uh, uh, to use your words, ultra Orthodox Jewish. Yeah. yeah. What is the Jewish belief in the, in an afterlife? So there's definitely our whole being here mm -hmm. is just a pathway for the future. This is like an illusion kind of thing. You're like you're here to create your afterlife. There is no point in being here if you don't believe in the afterlife. So you're preparing literally how good your afterlife is going to be. Okay. Your whole goal in life, everything you do in life is with a vision that it's for the after. You're collecting your jewels and your your future for your afterlife. Gotcha. Okay. And that, and that makes sense. So it's, it's, you're building your, 
Nest egg. Almost like a nest egg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah, what it's like. Yeah, but I don't like looking at it like that because I don't know much about it and I never deep dived into it. And and there's so many different in the in Judaism. There's also different outlooks. What is real heaven? What is real hell? Is it something that we can even comprehend? And what is this? They they describe heaven as as something that is indescribable. It's so incredible. It's yeah. so remarkable. And if we only knew one second in heaven what it feels like our whole life we would take any amount of of pain and suffering just to be able to to accumulate for the next life now i for some reason it doesn't i don't know it doesn't connect with me i feel like god is not out to get us god is love god is Thank kindness you. yes god is light yeah and and he just wants to give and and heaven is a part, form of giving of what we created with kindness and good deeds over here. But I, I don't know. I have a very hard time believing that there's a hell. I just don't I, know. And exactly. people will probably stone me in my community for <laughs> believing this. I probably. But I've always been a person that um, I shouldn't say always. But when I was 18, when I, until I was 18, I was very quiet and shy and I never spoke my mind. Never. And I was always, I shouldn't say never, but when it came to religion, I was a big obeyer. And I might just followed the rules, even though it, it felt so, some things felt so off I and wrong. Get it, yeah. Yeah. And then when, when I was older, I started speaking my mind and I'm like, do you really think God cares about X, Y, and Z? Don't you think he really cares about this? Like a loving yes. spirit, would, would he care about this or would he care about that? I think and I want to be connected to a God that really cares about love and kindness and not hell. Yeah. Yeah. That's well. And, and, you know, and, and there are definitely different, like you said, different belief systems in that. And I, I don't necessarily think of, of God as a, you know, a lot of people do the, the paintings, a picture of, you know, a guy with a big, long white beard sitting on a throne kind of thing, you know, right, uh, right. Uh, I don't necessarily picture a high picture. It's more like you said, just pure love. And yeah. some could say the universe, some could say source energy, right. some could say, I want to say energy. I can't even explain it. And I don't want to explain it because I'm ignorant in it. Like, I don't want to. But what I'm going to say is that the fact that I feel this is what I feel inside my gut. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's a source of love. It's a source of connection. It's a higher power that yeah. we as humans cannot. We can't, um, we can't comprehend it. Right. Not only we can't comprehend it, we can't even start to emulate it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's, I've talked to people where they're like, well, then if God is love, why would such a, you know, atrocious things happen? And it's like, I think. It, 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 me personally, I think it's kind of like, you know, you have your kids and you can only guide them so much. You know, it's so funny. Last night I had a whole conversation with a friend of mine that's super analytic and deep and <laughs> and she's so fun to talk to. And we were talking about coronavirus and the love of God. And she said, what we're doing now by fearing is the epitome of not seeing God. God is love, not his kindness. So let's not fear. Let's just be and understand and connect to God instead of connecting to the to the outside fear. Mm -hmm. 
And in a way, I understood what she was saying, that that there is so much pain out there. There is so much pain, but we don't see the picture. We don't understand. We, we didn't, we, just like in life, we can go through, let's say what, something happened to us when we we're like, uh, let's say 15 mm-hmm. and we get to 25 and we're like, oh my God, we could only see it in a whole different perspective. Oh, totally. How it saved us from something, how it saved us and how it led us to the pathway. Or, you know how they say someone was fired and they were devastated. They went into depression, almost suicide. And because and and then they found this they 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 found the grit they went they did their passion and they they created this empire and blah 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 and they're so happy now and if they wouldn't be fired they wouldn't have the so i feel like yes. that the pain in the world is part of that for someone that suffered with mental illness and the suffering is hell 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 on earth literally there's no darker than you can imagine and for someone that and I could say I was blessed with mental illness because the joy that I experience now after experiencing mental illness, I could not compare to the joy that I had before, which I had a tremendous amount of joy, but I wouldn't get to the level of joy that I got now. So I had to go through pain and suffering and struggling to in appreciate order to get the to highs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, that's and to work hard for it. Yeah. To work hard. So if there was no pain and suffering, and really pain and suffering in the world is awful. It's just awful. Oh yeah. But if we everything was la di da di da, we wouldn't have a sense of purpose. We wouldn't have a sense of a, a appreciating and gratitude totally. for what we have. Yes. We have yes. so much good. That's exactly acknowledge it. it. That's you know, and 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 I had a, a similar kind of uh, conversation with a previous guest and. You know, I, one of the things is basically I, I one, you know, one of the things I had said was if all you had was, you know, chocolate cake every day, you wouldn't right. appreciate it. But if you had to eat, you know, as a kid, speak, think of yes. your five year old self, you know, Absolutely. if you had to do the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts and all that kind of stuff, then that chocolate mm-hmm. cake is magic. Right. You know, a hundred percent. And I was just talking exactly. I, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. And and, we, and the vice versa. If all you had was chocolate cake, those broccoli and, and Brussels sprouts might be magic, you know, uh-huh. it's different uh-huh. too. you know, you yes, appreciate it. Yes. So. Yes. So my, I was just talking to my husband this, um, past Sabbath, we keep the Sabbath every, every week. And, okay. and it's a very family day. There's no electronics whatsoever. Nice. We have three meals long meals, singing, prayer. It's it's every it's like a Thanksgiving but for twenty five hours every weekend. But and every it's weekend. Wow, that's awesome. Every weekend. It's awesome. It's really awesome. It it makes us disconnect because there's no work. You're not yeah. allowed to drive. You're not allowed to drive. There's there's basically just be and enjoy the family and connect to God. So I was, I was just like venting to him and I'm like, you know what? Our kids, I have five amazing kids, really amazing. 17 to two years old. And, and I said to him, I said, I feel like they don't understand how much I do for them. And sometimes it just, (laughs) so it feels, I feel depleted. I just like, they don't, he's like, what do you want? You train them that anything they want, they get everything they want they get and he gave me the exact analogy that you did he's like stop cooking dinner every night he's like since they're born they got a gourmet dinner every single night 
every single night, <laughs> three course meal every single night. Wow. And, and and he's like, and when you travel and I travel a lot, he's like, you pre-prepare or you order takeout for them, which is gourmet. He's like, take it away for two weeks. I said, yeah, if they take it away, they'll be so happy they can eat cereal milk. I, so he says, you know what? And after a week that they eat cereal milk and you come home and make them meatballs and spaghetti, they're going to be jumping for joy and say, wow, we got meatballs and spaghetti. And and they won't want the sh- sugar cereal anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, it's amazing how I, I, I've got friends that uh, um, have, you know, uh, uh, mothers that are, my mom was never much of a cook. We ate, you know, but, but there were mm-hmm. nine of us in the family. So it was a case of, you know, you eat stuff that you can put together pretty quickly and put, right. but, but put together pretty cheaply too. And, right. you know, so yeah, it was, it was spaghetti and it was, it was, uh, stroganoff and, and, uh, you know, meatloaf and things like that, but it was always kind of bland. And so when I go to fr- a friend's houses that, uh, you know, have, mothers that cook home-cooked meals that are like know. you know just flavorful and it's just like wow and to them they're like yeah this is what we grew up with you know exactly um, exactly and it's just it's it's amazing but in the one friend's defense they were broke and so they had to eat that way so his mom cooked that way because that was all they could do you know um his right. dad they would get their meat by his dad would would shoot a deer and they would wow. eat that deer, you know. So that's how they, you know. But wow. his mom was able to cook it up like crazy. And I went, wow. I went there a couple of times, and we got oh, the food was so good, you know. So, yeah. but again, I didn't have that, so I'm like, wow, you grew up with this, and so yeah, right. your kids get that, and they yeah, they're they're they probably got friends who were like, wait, you get what? Oh, <laughs> oh, by the way, we have like we call they call us the halfway house because there's always <laughs> the revolving doors of, of of my kids' friends are like, is dinner being served now? <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. Yeah, I love hearing that. You know, because there's those yeah, you get those moms in the neighborhood that are just the cooks. They're the ones that could do <laughs> yeah. it. You know. Yeah, I absolutely love cooking. It's part of my joy. I think it has to do with my upbringing. We I didn't figure it out yet because I cook in, a, in an abundance of. It's not even <laughs> like a healthy abundance. Like and it's an obsession. Uh-huh. I, we haven't figured out the trauma that led me to it. I've tried in many years in therapy. <laughs> we haven't figured it out. But I always and my my husband and kids always make fun of me. Like, don't you think we have enough? I'm like, no. Let's just make this and let's just make that. And and I always think that we're not going to have enough. And I never remember how much leftovers we have. I said, but don't complain. Not having is worse. So just yes. be thankful that having a lot is your problem. Yeah, right. That's well, I mean, maybe it stems from, you know, growing up uh, with such poverty. With such poverty, but my so the thing is that what it definitely something to do with that. But once I got to a certain age, and my father was already a teacher in a school, mm-hmm. so my parents would have every Sabbath we would have eighteen to twenty five people at our table oh, wow. every single week, and there was always a lot. My mother was a great cook, and we helped her a lot. And there was always, they took all their money in order to serve people. It was like, not normal, not normal. <laughs> yeah. But that, so I, that, I don't remember being hungry, but I remember stories of them saying that my mother didn't have a lot and yeah. we never had like, um, fun snacks in the house. That was unheard of. You don't have snacks. You don't have Coke. You drink water yeah. from the tap. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so let me ask you, uh, where are, you, are your parents still alive? Yeah, they're my whole family's in Israel. I'm the only one here. So they are still in Israel. Okay. Yeah. That's uh yeah. 
But they were able to, I'm assuming then they were able to get the house and they were able to get everything that they were. Yeah, so they bought a house and they're still very careful with the money they spend. (laughs) Um, But they married us all off for six kids and they married us all off with a little bit of money with no debt, which is incredible. That's It's really, I think it's beautiful. That's incredible. I always said if my father makes a hundred dollars, he'll split it into six to give it to his children. That's the way he is, you know? That's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. That's yeah, that's that's awesome to be able to get you started off in life on such a right foot. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's not not very typical anymore. You know, usually yeah. kids are student loans and, you know, up to their right. eyeballs and debt. Right. Yeah. Right. We're very blessed. Very, that's, very blessed. That's awesome. That is very cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is um, that's interesting that you uh, that that you've been able to build a business, you know, I mean, because a lot of people, there's a stigma with a business, you know, it's like, well, you're doing something that's a business. It's like, yeah, but you know what, though, you're helping people. And I think a healthy business is one that helps other people. I think a business, you know, a business that is, is just out for money. You know, you get these mega corporations that are just out for money. And it's like, why are you charging? Who was it? The one guy a few years back, he, he bought the rights to EpiPens, and was going to charge something like $700 for the, you know, the epinephrine for like wow. larger. Yeah. And it was like, and, and granted, I think he ended up retracting and, and all that, but it was like, well, Hey, I got the rights. I can do that. It's like, yeah, but is it right? No. Right. You know, right, there's nothing right. wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong at no, all. No, a hundred percent. My, actually my real business, this is the, just a side thing. Uh, my podcast, mm-hmm. listen, putting out a podcast cost me way more than any income that comes from, from coaching there's like you can't even comprehend i have a producer and i have i have a a a secretary a lot goes into it just because my my bit because i'm so busy i have five children my other business is where i make the money but it's a it's making money that i'm not making it the whatever is coming through to I give to charity 25% of my income. So it's merchant processing. So I'm a merchant processor. If someone uses me, I take my share, 25% of my share, and I give it to mental health awareness. So I'm getting paid. I'm giving them a service of merchant processor, just like Square, just like Stripe, just like anybody else. I'm just a merchant processor for for high risk companies. They need a service. They'll go to me. They'll go to any other bank. Yeah, yeah. But I'm giving them the service, and I decide to pay it forward with my share. That's that's what's so beautiful. That is awesome. That is very awesome. That's uh, yeah. there. There's a there's a charity that I uh, uh, I, I should say a foundation that I've been wanting to start, and it's a matter of being able to get going. Which it was gonna, it, it, and I'm still planning on doing it. But yeah, the the basically what it's going to be is an entertainment business that uses filmmakers movies to be able to show for for fundraising for uh nonprofits and good for you it's so needed yeah oh yeah and and, and in fact when i talked to um a small business advisor uh small business administration advisor uh here in town and i told him that he's like you know what i get i get talked to to from nonprofits all the time 
and the biggest thing they have a problem with is fundraising. And so this would be a way for them to fundraise. And, and yeah, the lion's share, we take our percentage, the filmmaker gets a percentage, and the, the lion's share of it goes to the to the uh, nonprofit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I used to think, it's funny that you bring this up. It's so funny that you, I mean, it's ironic. I shouldn't say funny. So when I started my podcast, I... I knew nothing about podcasting, nothing. And I made my hands were full already. And but I I had this passion to share, to share, to learn more, to to bring awareness. And I said the best way to bring awareness is with a podcast because you could anybody can download from anywhere oh, yeah. and it's free for them. So so let's just bring one story at a time and let's break the stigma. Let's let's bring hope. It's called hope to recharge because my dream is to create hope. Nice. So so when when I was starting it, I said, you know what? I need a business coach for, just for the podcast that can keep me focused. That I know that I'm like that I'm on track. That wh- where am I going with it? Because you need somebody to keep you on track. And one of the biggest mis um, misconceptions is that a word in, mm-hmm. in English? Yeah, was that I had to do everything for free. And he said, people that give for free burn out fast. Yeah. He said, you have to pay your secretary. You have to pay your your editor. You have expenses. And you're entitled to pay your expenses. You're entitled to that. And there's nothing wrong with with having some kind of an income and you're giving. You don't have to give yourself for free. I'm like, but I feel like it's wrong. I want to pay it forward. He's like, you're paying above and beyond forward. But at the same time, you're covering your expenses and that's okay. Yeah. That's see that gives me that makes me feel better. Cause I, I'll be honest with you, I do it all hundred percent in house. I'm in my bedroom right now. And right. <laughs> I've right. Got it. I, I do the editing. I do the, you know, I do the promotion as, as much as I can. I'm not really great at promotion at this point. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I do want to get to the point where I, and I've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast before is I do want to get to the point where I can monetize, you know, to you where I can to. make this my, if not my full-time income, at least a, a form of income where I can, right. you know, right. A hundred percent. Totally. And if you're giving, if you're giving of yourself, it, it's like going into, a supermarket and saying, listen, give me um, a lollipop and it's going to make me happy. So give it to me for free. Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought of it that way, but because, because I enjoy doing it. So it's like, you know, I enjoy right. it and I'm getting something out of it right. but in the same sense. Yeah. It's, and that's the whole point of the podcast is to help people deal with such a uh, daunting thing that is going to happen to everybody. Nobody escapes this. Nobody escapes right. death, you know? Right. And right. it gives people food for thought. It gives people some comfort. I've had people tell me that, uh, you know, this this helps them. And and uh, and that means a lot when I get those emails that that really that's what keeps me wanting you know to keep going is is hearing that. But but, yeah, it, it, I guess I, I don't feel so bad then with, uh, you know, trying to do some kind of of uh, income generation from this. So, right. Yeah, definitely. And most, it takes time with a podcast and oh, like, it just take, it takes time. But when you lead with your heart, the right thing, and people are so happy to pay it forward and to say, thank you. Gratitude. Wow. Thank you for this. They want to give back. Yeah. That's I, I'm, I'm not used to that. I came from a town where anything well, I'm originally from the Chicago area, but when I was young, I moved mm-hmm. to like a mid Michigan type of area mm-hmm. and everybody, the town was broke. Like I mentioned in our previous conversations, the town was broke and 
nobody liked to do anything really for free. People were pretty much, you know, very critical if it was something that was mm. outside of the norm. Uh, so I have, I have a big issue with making money off of things I have because no one had any money. You know, there were a wow. ton of business ideas and it wasn't like we were yeah. destitute, you know, but we, but right. no one, there would be little businesses that would open up that, you know, out here in Denver would thrive, but there they right. would just, they would choke out after about six months right. because no right. one wanted to try it, you know? Yeah. But you, it goes back to being worthy, I think, that you have to – I work with an EFT practitioner every week. It's one of my things that I'm – with my mental illness that I always keep – I always try something out. I've never – I don't ever feel safe enough that I'm not working out at my mental health gym. I call it my mental health gym. There's always nice. something, and I'm very into energy. And um, – so I work with my EFT practitioner and he always said, you know what EFT is? It's tapping on um, energy sources in our body to release beliefs that are not good for us and to put in beliefs that are good for us. So, for example, if somebody says, but I feel bad for char- charging, he will say, but even though I think that I don't I'm not worthy of charging, I still love and accept myself. But I I. I am love. I am kindness. I deserve like anybody else. Yeah. And it goes back to that, to loving ourselves so much That's and believing that key. we are worthy. Yes. Right. We are worthy. No one is worthy more than ourselves. And each one is ourselves. You know, each one an individual. And and it's such a big um, concept that people like – People have a concept that that money is evil and money is greed and money is not okay. And if money comes, it's going to bring bad stuff. No, you could do beautiful things with money. Absolutely. Now, I do believe, though, that when you're doing something solely for the purpose of money, in other words, when you're not paying it forward, you're not giving some back, you're not like. Yeah, greed. 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 Totally greed. Exactly. I was talking to my wife about this and, you know, and it's something that I that I talk about all the time is. I don't have a problem with somebody have a, having a big, beautiful home, you know, I don't have a problem. But when somebody is taking from somebody else so they can, you know, an employee, you know, so mm-hmm. they're 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 not paying, you know, uh, people what they should oh, be that's getting. that's awful. Yeah. That's awful. You know, so they can have that's their fifth awful. mansion. <laughs> you know? That's awful. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah, that, that's awful. And that's greed. That to me is yeah. what greed is, you know, your fifth yacht. Your, your yeah. you know, Bugatti, uh, 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 you know, your, your second Bugatti because the first one just isn't fast enough. You know, those those right. kinds of things. And it's like because I think a lot of times it's a competition. And I think kind of going back to the whole cake analogy, the only way to make that cake better is to make that cake more exclusive. Right. You know? Right. Right. And that goes back to uh, being happy. Who is the who is the one that's happy? The one that's happy with what they have. Bingo. Who is the real? Who is the one? There's a saying in in one of our books mm-hmm. of um, of in Judaism, the father's book. And he says, who is the real wealthy guy? The one that is happy with what he has. And it's a it. saying that's so ingrained in us. We live it. We really live it. So you live with gratitude. It doesn't mean that you don't aspire to more. But right now, right now, I am so grateful with what I have. Yeah. So grateful. And I heard even a more beautiful thing is that who is the wealthy? The one that is satisfied with what the other one has. 
Yeah. Just because he has doesn't take away from my happiness. You got it. Let him have it. You Enjoy got it. it. I, I'm, I'm genuinely happy for people who are able to – you know, support themselves doing what they love. The people who, yeah. you know, they, they look forward to Monday because, you know, it's it's right. it's the beginning of the week and they're doing stuff that they enjoy, you know. I don't envy the person who has a fancy car, you know. I'm not even necessarily happy for them because I know that sometimes that kind of materialistic type stuff, sometimes it has baggage with it, you know. It's got right, the, right. the, you know. It's the, not what brings happiness. No. It brings ease. It doesn't bring happiness. That's you for sure. You got it. You got it. And so when I know of people who are, you know, where a conventional uh, uh, society would say, okay, that person's crazy because they're living in a barn that they converted and they, 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 they dug a well and they're doing it. It's like, yeah, but are they happy? And it's right. like, that's what matters. Happiness is all right. that matters as far as I'm concerned when it comes to right. our lives. Right. You absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I should yeah. say as a goal, you know. <laughs> yes. No, 100 percent. 100 percent. Listen, we all like nice things. We oh, all yeah. like enjoying. We like that's part of being human. Totally. But to, to bank on that for our happiness, happiness comes really with and really, really, really. And it goes back to the lack of when you understand lack of you enjoy what you have and yes. you realize that you really have. Yeah. And that's. You know, and that's the other thing is that, you know, there are people here that that are are I'm not going to say poorest of the poor here in this country, but typically Mm -hmm. the ones that would be considered poor here would be Mm -hmm. in certain countries would be doing okay. Oh, 100 percent. I have to send you this video. I wish we could put it in. I can put because it in a link to it. Absolutely. Anything you can you? you? Oh, okay, yeah. we're going to do that. Back. So listen, there's a lady. This is exactly what it is. A lady. Mm-hmm. I th- I don't know where she's from. I would say, I, I think, I, I don't know if it was Jamaica or Africa. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Maybe Haiti. I don't know. And she, she says, come, come see my house. Come see what my world and and they they zoom in as a filmmaker you're gonna love it they <laughs> zoom in and all you see is like ten 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 like or little cup like 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 outdoor um, little huts you, that's uh, yeah. what it looks like but like extremely populated there's you can't even see a ground because it's hot 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 and she's like come welcome to my house and she opens the door and there's one room and she goes in with the biggest smile and she's like this is where we live and this is my (laughs) kitchen and it's all in one room and this is my kitchen and this is my bath and she shows a tiny little round thing that she brings as a tub like a baby tub that goes into the center of the room when they take a shower and this is my garden and she shows a plant and this is our library and she sees four four or five books and this is where we sleep and this is where we laugh and it's all like two centimeters or two inches away from each other and she is so excited and she's like and i am so happy and this is where we laugh and this is where our friends come and we sit together and we enjoy and we have one running water Uh, and i'm so grateful we have running water that's and then he says and where's your bathroom she's like outside (laughs) (laughs) but you know that that i am so I'm so happy for people who 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 can who can appreciate that to that level, you yeah. know, because here they would be considered destitute. Right. 
And not only that, you could see so many celebrities that have everything and they they commit suicide. Absolutely. Because right? money is not the answer. Money is, right. you know, stuff is not the answer. That's something that I, I try to talk about on the podcast a lot is, you know, the more the more stuff that you own, the more you have, you know, to worry about. I, yes. I, I've mentioned this a dozen times on the podcast. I purposely drive an $800 car. You sound like my husband. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was so funny because when he bought his new, new, um, he had a Toyota Camry that was like, I don't know, 20 something years old. Oh, that's awesome. And everybody made fun of him that it's going to fall apart on the road. Like he's going to just find himself with a steering wheel and the wheels will just go away. <laughs> and, and I used to say, we had already three kids at the time. And I'm like, Ari, it's so dangerous. It's dangerous. So when, he bought his car. He bought a new car. And people are like, okay, Ari Jacobs bought his car. Messiah is coming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But he's like, what is wrong with my car? It takes me from A to B. Bingo. I love it. Yes. Yes. Well, and what I love about my car is I don't have a car payment. I don't have to worry about it. If somebody mm-hmm. dings it in the parking lot, it's like, I wouldn't even notice, you know? Right. It's right. like. Because my wife and I, we had one new car one time and, you know, long story short, we don't have it anymore. And, uh, um, but uh, uh, we were worried about it. You know, it gets a, you know, someone bumps into it, something, you know, it's like, it's just, it's one of those unnecessary things to worry about. Now, admittedly, you buy a cheap car that you run the risk of having a car that you have to keep sinking money into. Fortunately, I don't do a lot of driving. I, right. I drive maybe 3,000 miles a year, you know, because I did, when right. I do go to work, I take a bus that's two miles away from the house. So it works for mm-hmm. me. But to go right. to the grocery store, you know, you don't need a, a Lamborghini to go pick up groceries. Right. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. No, 100%. And uh, unfortunately, when people, one of my children is like, is like this, that they think that when they have like the fanciest jacket and the fanciest car and the this and the that. It means he feels that he's worthy of more and it's his image. And I, I keep on explaining to him that if the more he feeds into it, the emptier he's going to feel. You 100% got it. I, I've got a – my wife has a nephew um, and I feel bad for him because he he's, he's feeds into that, you know. And I don't know if he yeah. listens to this or not, but I, you know, I've, I've tried to kind of hint at that. But, yeah, he uh, – He's all about the image and it's like, you know what, if you're around people who only care about your stuff and only care about your image, you're hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah. And it's going to be very hard for them when life hits them real. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, my God, I can't buy image anymore because I, I have to decide is it grocery? Is it my electric bill or is it a, really or is yeah. it my my is it my my car? Yeah, it's totally, totally because a car. I mean, and let's be honest, with a car payment, you, you, a lot of times you're you're working so you could pay for the car so you could go to work. It's a, right. it's a vicious cycle, you right. know? So it's, it's I wish, you know, and I'm hoping, and, 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 you know, this is something that's been kind of a theme with the whole COVID thing. I'm hoping COVID wakes people up to, uh, you it know. It did. It will. It will. Yeah. It will. Yeah. It's, it's. The question is how long is it going to stay? Well, I mean, I think honestly, uh, I think it's going to be one of those things that we're going to have around in some degree or another almost mm-hmm. indefinitely. Because if you think of how the flu mutates 
and you have mm-hmm. different strains of the flu, I think the same right. thing, you know, talking, I, my, my perspective on COVID has changed a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, up until um, just recently, it was like, oh, yeah, they get a vaccine, it's going to be good. Well, yeah, not necessarily, because there's going to be different strains of this. Right. You know, I think we're going right. to have, you know, but then I'm also hearing from other people, that's not as bad. As, you know, I've had it or I know people who had it. And, and right. I personally know, you know, myself, I know a few people who had it and they were like, it's really bad, but they lived through it, you know? Right. So it's like a, right. it's, it's, it's so crazy because we don't know what the hell's going on with it. Right. You know? Right. But I think yeah. it's going to be around for a while. I think it's going to be one of those things like a flu, um, a worse flu, a, a much worse flu because people are dying mm. left and right from this thing right. because it's crazy. Right. Um, but I, I don't think it's going away anytime soon, you know, especially when, you know, we've got cases of this that have been spread just by a handful of people. Right. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, I guess we'll, we'll know very shortly. Yeah. What yeah. will be right. That's <laughs> very shortly. Totally. And, and honestly, I, I had a feeling when this thing first became an issue, that my son, I got a son who's 14 years old. He's old mm-hmm. enough to remember life before this. And I said, I was like, you know what? This is going to be one of those things kind of like how, um, you know, I still, and I use this analogy. I still remember when people could smoke in restaurants and smoke on airplanes oh my and smoke God. in bars. Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> and then yes. how travel was so easy before 9-11. The 9-11 exactly. happened. Exactly. Everybody's comparing it. Is it going to be another TSA thing now? Exactly. Like another thing that we have to adapt for craziness like the water the cream the this the the yeah listen i lived in israel my whole life most of my life and we're a military country yeah yeah you can't go into anywhere without a metal detective anywhere not a restaurant not a library not a theater you or not a you don't go into anywhere without a metal detector and that's normal that's, that's crazy. the normal. That's they check your bags. They like that's that's the normal. Yeah, yeah. That's well. I I uh, uh, when I I opened a business in the mall four days before nine eleven, and so I lost my shirt. But we all were there. I was tied into a lease, and I had to you know work through it. And I I, I did a little kiosk. I ran one of those kiosks selling sports plaques, and that's a whole other story. But anyway, there were two guys. Um, who actually were from Israel, who opened a cart. Do you remember those um, like pull-string helicopters that you could pull and they'd fly up and then they'd yes, come back down? That was big around mm-hmm. the turn, you know, I say right, turn right. of the century. Um, but, uh, but they said, yeah, they were like, you know, we are always at risk. We have, you know, the only place that we are safe is at the ocean. And that's even, of course, you know, questionable. But they're like, people, uh, uh, you know, they were in the military and they were like, when you get, to an age, it's like everybody mandatorily serves a couple years of yes, service. Yes, yes. And it's like, you know, there's an ongoing draft and it's, and he says, you go out and you don't know when it's going to, you know, you go to, you go to a mall and there's a chance that something bad could really happen. You're going to bus and you might, you yeah. might not survive. Exactly. And when he told me that it was just, it really was eye opening. I was like, it's Holy so funny cow. because I don't I think the world knows this, but the world really doesn't know it. No, no, the world really doesn't know that. I mean, I, I knew to some degree, but I only knew of it being, you know, certain instances that happened. I didn't realize this was daily life. Yeah, you never you know? know if uh, if a truck will drive into 100 people, if uh, 
if a suicide bomber will get onto a bus and the whole bus goes and there's just no way to know. There's no way to know. Yeah. And when he told me that, I was like, wow, we've got it so good over here. Yeah. And you walk in the streets, there's always patrol with guns everywhere, everywhere you go because it's dangerous. Yeah. That's, and that's, you know, it's, it's that whole situation of, Back to back to your kids having home cooked meals all the time. We've been safe in the United States. Yeah. We've been, you know, for the most right. part, other than nine eleven and you know, in a couple instances, um, we have been for the most part safe. Most of our issues are internal. You know, wackos right. that go and shoot up a, 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 a you know, a, a church or synagogue right. or something like right. that. Right, right, right. But it's, you know, it's we're not being attacked by. Uh, different factions, you know. Yeah, there was right. there was the uh, World Trade or not the World Trade Center. Well, the first right. time, and then uh, uh, what was right. it? Timothy McVeigh, you know, those kinds of people. But again, that was internal, and that was for who knows what reasons. But right. just right. knowing that that's and again, those were isolated instances. So right. yeah, yeah, it really makes you it's appreciate. A different world. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what will happen. We'll see what will happen. Yeah, now. yeah, and that's what scares me. Is 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 with the COVID thing, as I've talked, I'm like, you know, I'm not as afraid of the, of the, I'm not as afraid of the virus as I am of the people, you know, cause who True. knows what it's going to do. And True. you hit on something that I only really learned about, you know, not too long ago, maybe 10 years ago about, you know, I always thought it was, you know, the opposites were love and hate. And it's like, no, it's love and fear. Right. Because no, it's fear. hate comes from hate, you know, yeah. or, right. you know what I mean? And uh, uh, it's just it's it's such a a thing that, you know, the fear of this is I'm just I'm worried what's going to, uh, you know, happen. But I do think I do agree that we're going to appreciate more of what we do have. The simple, joy the simple of life. things. Yes, absolutely. Which are not so simple, which we have to be grateful for. The fact that we have grocery stores that it's that we can access. The fact that we have a car that takes us to the grocery store. Yeah. The fact that we don't have to go walk 10 miles to get fresh water from a, from a lake. Absolutely. We take these things so for granted. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, everybody's worried about the, and, and I'm guilty too. You know, um, I have to remind myself, I'm fortunate that I have a job, you know, right. um, because right. there's a lot of people without it. Uh, I okay. am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've got a place to live. I've got a place that I can right. go to. I'm not having to live in a tent in the middle of a park, you know, right. or under right. a bridge or something. And it's like, I've got and to we remind have myself. Healthcare and, and we have yeah. hospitals and we have incredible um, resources for ventilators and like you remember the crisis that they said we're not gonna have enough ventilators like most countries don't have and that's the way they 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 live for the rest of their lives yeah but with it before you know it a week or two later we had enough to supply for probably 10 years yeah it's it's we're definitely well we're (laughs) we're kind of that spoiled country in that regard but you know some would argue but we built ourselves that way, you know, and, and yeah, yeah. and I, I, there's nothing to be guilty about no, as long as we're grateful, as long as, as, we're, long grateful. as we're grateful, Absolutely. as long as we realize that we don't, that, that we're not we'll get back to the greedy. Don't be greedy. Understand that we're gifted, that we're the fact that we have freedom today. It's, it's Memorial Day. We have freedom yes, in our country, yes, right? Because of those so people. much freedom. Totally. Yes. So we have to remember, we have to remember all these factors. Absolutely. 
So I just want to end and say that as much as I grew up very orthodox and with so much um, preaching and talking and learning about the afterlife and what our purpose is, and it really gives us a sense of like everything is from God and we have to enjoy life and we have to live with purpose and everything we do is with purpose. Really everything we do is with purpose, giving, understanding, connecting to God. But, but, and also understanding when death comes, it's from God. It's really from God. We have a seven day mourning period after someone dies. So for seven days, the family, if it's a mother, so the children and the spouse and the mother's sisters, or if it's a child, so the parents and the brothers and sisters sit for seven days. And it's a period of just absorbing the pain and holding space and people come and, and there's a ton of condolences. And But part of what goes on there, there's a lot of spirituality of like, we don't understand the why. We don't understand the loss is awful. Loss is awful. Of course, yeah. And I struggle, struggle with the fear of loss. I never had real loss in my life. Thank God. I haven't had a real loss. I saw my parents. I have yeah. everyone in my life, thank God. But I have friends and family members that lost loved ones, and I see the grief they go through. And the I live with fear because I went through mental illness, and I know how deep depression can get and how dark it can get. My fear is, what if I don't survive? Yeah, what if I don't survive? someone's death what if i oh, what if man. i get so broken and i'll never be able to be repaired again that's i fear death like and my first panic attack which is 10 years from this week when when i was having the panic attack i my husband's name is ari i said ari i'm dying ari i'm dying i don't want to die i don't want to die i don't want to die i want to live i don't want to die the fear of death is what made me sick wow the fear of death and then the panic attacks didn't stop coming and i just it was escalating and i had to be hospitalized and then i went into deep depression it was just spiraling because i had such a fear of the unknown the fear of what's, what is death what am i well, like wh what's going to happen and that's then it's over i don't want it to be over life is so much fun <laughs> i don't want it to be over i want to i want to live forever my favorite song is forever young my favorite song because I just want to be forever young. I want to live forever. And uh, I don't know. And I just hope, I hope that I get some kind of comfort one day to understanding what death is and, and, and why people die young and why yeah. there's so much illness and why, and why, and why so many whys. And there's definitely something that I'm hoping to get to some clarity and if not clarity to acceptance. I've, I have experienced a lot of loss. Uh, my dad died when I was 11 and my grandparents were oh. all gone by the time I was like 14 and I wasn't really close to him anyway. Cause we lived in a different state. They lived in uh, either Michigan. I grew up, like I said, until a certain age, I grew up in the Chicago area and mm -hmm. um, my one set of grandparents lived in Michigan. The other set of grandparents lived in California. And so mm -hmm. I didn't really know them. Um, but so there was still, you know, a, a, uh, a loss of, of not having that. Um, closest thing I had actually to a, uh, uh, a grandfather, and so to speak, was my friend. 
Um, I had a, a friend that was, they, they were Jewish. Um, and so I would celebrate um, Hanukkah with them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just one night. And uh, so I have mm-hmm. I have some uh, experience with uh, uh, with Jewish Jewish beliefs. They weren't very uh, orthodox or anything like that. You know, they 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 were mm-hmm. they weren't real heavy practicing. But his father, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the grandfather rather, uh, was kind of a surrogate grandfather. He'd come you know he'd come into town and he'd bring you know like uh, family recipe pickles and things like that and mm-hmm. you know just that kind of stuff. But um, I was always kind of envious of my friend who had or not envious, but you know just just like. I, I missed something there um, mm. of having a grandfather. So, but I was used to it, you know, and, and my right. dad was very sick growing up. So I was always expecting it to happen. So it's one of those things that, you know, again, I've been fascinated with it my whole life, probably because it's been in my face my whole life, you know, and then having wow. all those losses recently and, you know, and, and uh, uh, different aunts and uncles who have passed, um, you know, it's just, it's, wow. yeah, it's been one of those things, but wow. I've kind of come to realize it's, it is a, it's a natural part of life, you know, and it's, it is, it is part of life. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I do believe there's a transition and honestly, I do believe, and maybe this will give you some comfort. I believe from a, you know, Einstein concept of, 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 uh, you know, uh, energy, conservation of energy and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, and that time is just a construct for humanity for us to be able to wrap our heads around it, that time doesn't really exist on the other side. And so there is no time. There is no time. Exactly. So if you do lose somebody and I told this, I've mentioned this before, I hate to keep saying that, but you know, (laughs) it's a subject about death. I can only have so many, you know, things that I've talked about. Um, but uh, uh, when my niece or when my brother died a couple years ago and I told my niece, I was like, you know, he doesn't miss you because time is irrelevant. Not saying he wouldn't miss you. He just doesn't right. have to because you're already there. Wow. wow. From his perspective, you're already there. So, you know, maybe wow. you can take some peace in that. Wow. You really had a lot of loss. Yeah. Wow. You know, my mother-in-law a few years back. You know that. In fact, we were all there when she when she died, and that was hard. So, but eleven, eleven to lose a dad. I can't wrap my brain around that. Yeah, it was. uh, He he had he had a very stressful job, and he had uh, uh, like a dozen heart attacks and brain surgery and open heart surgery and all this stuff. So it was it was one of those things where it was like, you know, we knew it was going to happen sooner or later and uh wow the only wow. thing that i wish is there is that whole procedure of angioplast that mm-hmm. came out a few years after he died if he'd have made it a few more years he might have gotten another 15 years right you know so i feel wow. like he was kind of che- he died at 50 you know he was young that's so young how yeah. did your mother survive her death she said and and this is one of the things and we've never been a really close family but and not that we, you know, not that we don't love each other. It's just, it's never was really expressed, you know? And, uh, and she would tell me growing up, she's like, if it wasn't for you, I don't know how it would have made it, you know? And even though she wow. never really told me, I love you very much. That right there was kind of a way of saying it, you know, because, wow. because of me, she, she had, to, she had to continue. Yeah. You know, because right. I was the youngest. Instead Everybody giving else. up. Exactly. Right. Wow. You know, and, and that, that that did mean a lot. You know, I didn't really appreciate it as a kid. But when I got older, I was like, yeah, that actually is, you know, that means a lot. Because 
she's like, I don't know what I would have done, you know, and, and before he died, they, you know, she, she did have the foresight to go get her nursing degree. So she knew she needed to get something that would make her more income because his income was going to be gone. She knew that. So she at least was able to have, you know, the, the concept that his, his life is coming to an end, you know, cause he was sick for a decade before he died. So a decade. So you didn't even know him healthy. Well, she, she got married to him. Uh, he died when they were, or he died when he was 50. She was married to him. They just hit their 25th anniversary. So she had wow. like 15 years where he was pretty healthy. No, but you didn't. Oh, know I him. never, I never knew him healthy. No. Right. You never you knew know, him You know, it healthy. was always. And how many siblings? Uh, Eight? There were seven of us total. Seven. And wow. and the, the age difference between me and the oldest is about 14 years. And, but right. my mom had six of them within a period of like eight years. And then she was losing her mind because there were too many kids, you know? And so they, she went on like birth control kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, and it was starting to affect her health. So she, so the doctor took her off and then all of a sudden I happened. So I was wow. the youngest, but in many regards, I was like an only child too, you know, right. because there was such wow. an age gap. But yeah. Wow. Wow. What a story. What a story. <laughs> Are you close to any of your siblings? Well, when my when my brother Pat died, he was the second youngest. Um, and when he died, that did kind of bring us all closer together. And we all, you know, we would do we would do Christmas and we do Thanksgivings and things like that. Um, you know, some of us are closer in look geographically to others so they could celebrate some of the different yeah. holidays, you know. Um, because right. I got two brothers out in California. Um, I've got uh, siblings that are in the Chicago slash uh, uh, right across the border into Milwaukee into Wisconsin area, and then there was me. You know, so wow. I I was up in Michigan, and so um, you know I've kind of been isolated in that regard. But I do you know I do reach out, and we've got a it's neat because, and I've said this time and time and time again that death brings out the best and the worst. You know, Absolutely. and fortunately, it brought us closer together. We have a little messenger chat on our phones that we keep in contact. Hey, how's mom doing? You know, because my mom is mm-hmm. in a nursing home because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's going going downhill pretty quickly. But she's uh, she's made it through a bunch of things. We thought we were going to lose her a few times, you know, but wow. she keeps hanging on. So, wow. but now she's wow. got like dementia, you know, so. Oh, that's heartbreaking. How old is she? She is 80, let me think, 82, she'll be 83 this year. So, wow. Yeah, but she, uh, you know, what's what I, what gives me comfort in that though is she thinks that it's the 1960s. She thinks that she's on vacation. She thinks that all the time? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I don't feel so bad her being in a home because she's actually kind of enjoying herself. You know? And she doesn't come in and out of it. She doesn't suddenly feel frustrated that she doesn't remember. Every once doesn't... in a while, but I've talked to the nurses. And the thing is, is I was talking to a nurse and I said, well, just so you know, when I was really little, we used to, I used to go with my mom because she would volunteer at nursing homes before she became mm-hmm. a nurse. And so, and then mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, she was an RN for a while. And she's like, that would explain okay. it. You know, she's like, I talked wow. to your mom and she'll think she's on her shift or she'll think she's working, you know? And so it's, it's, it's kind of nice because at least she's not terrified and she's not, you know, so I take, I take peace in that, you know, I, I, peace of mind of that. So. Wow. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, no problem. No problem. Wow. You had a one and and you're still laughing. Wow. You get an award. (laughs) 
you get an award. Oh, wow. I appreciate so that. I, you know what? I feel like you're my hope. If you're, you had so much loss and you still see the positive in things and you still move forward and you still look for positive in people yeah, and you're still willing to believe in good. Yeah. I have hope that I'll survive. And if you, not, I'll call you. <laughs> definitely. If you do have some, if you need to talk, call me, you know, because that's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, I'm not going to say I'm an expert in loss, but I have had my fair share, you know, and don't get me wrong. I get jaded by humanity all the time. You know, I mm-hmm. see people doing unnecessary things, but you know, I, I do, I do cling to the hope that people are intrinsically good, but I know there are bad people out there too. Right. Right. You know? As Brene Brown says, people, you have to believe humility is believing that people are doing the best they can yes. with what they have. That's it, Absolutely. Absolutely. I just talked with somebody recently who, who pretty much said the same thing and that's, and that really helped me. Knowing that people yeah. are doing the best they can with what they have or how they know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Very exciting. Definitely. Very, very exciting. And um, and I can't wait to hear other podcasts of yours because you're uh, you're so much fun to have a conversation with. I appreciate that. I do. Thank have... you for having me. Oh, no problem. And, 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 and you know, anything that you would like to, uh, uh, you know, share to my listeners, if you've got any you know, links or anything like that, uh, websites, you know, to, to go to your services, um, definitely share them with me, send them to that email and I, and I will post those in the show notes. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's all in one website. So it's all easy to find. What, uh, what is that website? I'll write it down. It's hope to recharge.com. Oh, it's all on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, che- I checked that out. Yeah. It's all there. Perfect. I will put that in the show notes. And um, mm-hmm. if you could email me that video, though, that you were talking about with that woman. Yes, that, I will. I'm going to do great. it right now. Perfect. I'm going to do it right now. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, uh, it was very good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Matana. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. It was Matana. very. Matana. Okay. I'm, I'm awful with. <laughs> no, it's a Hebrew word. There's no way. We, there's no reason for you to know it. But no one in America knows it. What, no one. What does it mean? Gift. It's a Hebrew word for gift. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That is, yeah. that's awesome. I love when ne- ma- names mean something and mine might, it might be some Celtic type thing. You know, I'm Irish, like I said, and who knows, right. maybe it means drunk. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you have yourself a great night and uh, it was Thank very you. good talking Thank to you. Thank you. Same here. <laughs> have a good one. Thank All you the too. best. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was my episode with Matana Jacobs. I really enjoyed that conversation. Gave me a lot of, uh, again, interesting insight. Um, you know, and just uh, hanging in there, basically. So, anyway, make sure to check out her website uh, and podcast. It's Hope to Recharge with Matana. So, it's hope to recharge.com. Just like it sounds, hope to recharge.com. Uh, in the meantime, keep yourself safe stay you know cautious do the best you can you know and just be nice to people and have yourself a good day and have yourself a good life <laughs>